New series we're jumping into, continuing through Romans, but uh, this one's called uh, By the Spirit, and I'm excited for it. I'm pumped for the content of this three-week series in, in Romans, but I'm as well pumped for the opportunity we have to serve today. I was going to toss a quick reminder at those of you uh, that want to be a part of really a cool moment in our year. It's, today is the school supply give for Liberty Ridge Elementary School. If you have a window of time uh, from 2 p.m. probably till 4, uh, depending on how many show up, maybe 5, uh, at Liberty Ridge Elementary School, we'll be unboxing the school supplies that we purchased for that campus and distributing them to the rooms and then have an opportunity to pray over those classrooms at the request of the principal as well today. So it's going to be kind of fun to, uh, to do that. And if, if you weren't a part of coming and serving and helping with the teacher's lounge remodel, you could see it firsthand this week if you wanted to see like what we made of this space there that was pretty drab before we touched it. And uh, uh, so I'd love for you to see that firsthand. But anyway, that'll be today uh, from or at 2 o'clock. And then uh, Sumner Middle Schools will be this Wednesday at 1230. And there's information on the app for, for both of those as well. Uh, what an honor and opportunity to serve a school, right? So um, I want to welcome, I heard today or, or yesterday that we have a faithful listener in uh, Hermiston. Uh, Oregon, so I just want to welcome them to the podcast. They made sure to tell me that I'm just, they, they have a 40-minute commute, and we need to cut it down by about five minutes, so I'm going to go quick today just for her. Anyway, I was kind of laughing yesterday. Uh, you know, I have, I have a 40-minute commute, and every once in a while you preach about 45 minutes. Is there any way? I was laughing so hard, but I'm like, well, it just so happens it's the last Sunday of the month, so I'm going to nail it this week. So her commute message, so to all who are listening, this will be shorter. Uh, Three-week series, we're, we're looking at our new life in Christ and in being empowered and lived out by the Spirit. And we kind of shared that we were going there last week and when we concluded the By Faith series. But in Romans 8, we're going to break it into a three-week series. The Holy Spirit is at work within us today. That's what we're looking at. Next week, the Holy Spirit helps us. And then the concluding week will be nothing can separate us from God's love. Romans 8 has to be one of the most quoted segments of the book of Romans. And we just, we, we end up finding ourselves grabbing a hold of its promises. And, and that's my prayer for you today is that you can grab a hold of a couple of the promises here in Romans 8. And that they would strengthen you, be something that maybe you're praying this week over your life or affirms something you've been wondering or feeling. And uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Our big reality today is that the Holy Spirit is at work within us to free us from the power of sin, lead us in the life God desires for us, and remind us that we are in God's family. Simply put, the big idea is the Holy Spirit is at work within us. Romans 8, 1, 4 begins like this. It says, so now... There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the living, life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness 
of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. I love it when there's a so God in Scripture. It's not me. It's God, right? So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, sinful nature, I can't talk today, but instead follow the Spirit. We no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work within us, thought one, to free us from the power of sin. Jesus' death on the cross did not reduce the power of sin at all. That's still there. Our sinful nature is still calling out, is still trying to lead us. But the most amazing gift was given to us when Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And that was within, a new heart that we can then now follow the leading of the Spirit from within, that unction, that nudge, if you will. It frees us from the power of sin which exists fully. You can listen to last week's talk. But we do not have to sin anymore. Yeah, we choose, we make poor choices and we sin all the time. But it's a choice. It's not a power. We're freed from this thing, this following the sinful nature as it's put here. And we're no longer led to death by it. There's further freedom instead of further bondage. There's deeper worship instead of deeper darkness. I guess the question we have to, to introspectively ask ourselves is, what nature am I following? Who am I following? Am I following the sinful nature still? Or am I choosing to follow the Spirit? Because it is a choice we still have. But we have this power at work within us to choose the Spirit. I don't know if you've ever beat yourself up over sin or maybe a sin that just keeps flaring up and you're like, right? Or maybe I'm the only sinner in the room. But boy, I do. I tell you what. Um, you know on Waze, if you've ever used that app when you're driving, is it a sin to turn the speed setting off so you don't know how fast you're necessarily going? Okay, never mind. Um, is it bad when the lights that are red and blue and white kind of flashing behind you and you're positive it's for you, but then you're like happy when they pull over the other guy? Anyway, not that that happened last night around 1130. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. What is, what is what, that struggle for you, like that desire that flares up within your life, that sin nature is different for each of us. One person that might be stealing, another person that might be looking at some images you, you shouldn't be looking at, one person that might be language, one person that might be food. Not that that's my problem. Gluttony is a sin, but okay, it's a sin. Okay, moving on. Uh, my, my weakness is not to talk about me today, ice cream late at night, large portions. Do you ever melted peanut butter over ice cream? It's not good for you at 10.30 or so p.m. right before you go to sleep. 
Okay, uh, moving on. While, you know, there's these things that we do that just flare up and we're like, why did I do that? That was such a bad choice. And for some of you are going, that's your bad choice? Because <laughs> if we start comparing, we'll all feel the Bible's an equal opportunity offender. It'll flare up and show all of us our sin. But the challenge is not to focus on our sinful nature, but focus more on what God's leading us to. What does the Spirit want us to do? And how can that bring greater good to the world around us, through us? Like God has desires for our life. And there's a difference that can come. And while we're instantly free from these sin patterns by the power of God, we still choose them for some reason. But when we, we follow Jesus, we do have work within us this way out that the Holy Spirit will show us a way out when we're tempted. And we can grab a hold of it. And that's kind of the cool thing, that if we can get our spirit in tune with the Holy Spirit, then we can be more faithful to follow that nudge to say, probably not a smart choice, Dad. Don't go in there. Don't do that. Stop using the gas pedal and try the brake. Or, or set cruise control closer to the speed limit. Maybe on it, you know, and get in the right-hand lane because nobody else is going the speed limit. Okay, we justify it, right? Um, but you look at the further verses, and it'll show us some other things. Romans 8, 5 through 8 says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So the Holy Spirit is at work within us to, number two, lead us to live the life God desires. What do you think about? Like, what are you daydreaming about? What are your daydreams filled with? The Holy Spirit is consistently whispering to us, and if we'll tune in to that voice, if we'll get to know it, if we'll discipline ourselves to have an ear for it, then there's great adventure ahead. Have you ever been in a crowd of people and a coin falls and you hear it? Have you noticed how you can hear a coin in a crowd and it falls and you're like, you kind of look down at the ground and, and it's that kind of your ear hears it? Well, what if our ear could be that in tune to the Holy Spirit's leading? Because the Holy Spirit will know when we're tempted. And the promise is, give us a way out. So, man, what if I can hear that? What if I can become more aware of that strength? Because it's coming from within me. If we focus on the sinful nature, then that leads to death. And it, and it doesn't lead itself to two promises in this passage, life and peace. I don't know how you lived before you chose to follow Jesus or if you've even chose to follow Jesus yet. But reality is there are many days I woke up 
and didn't remember the night before because of my lifestyle. And I would not experience peace. I would look at the dent in my car and go, what did I do last night? And how did I get home? And it would wreck me. I lived in a constant state of fear and worry. But then I found Jesus at the age of 21 and was like, this is what peace feels like. I thought this relationship with Christ was a bunch of, well, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. I shouldn't do this anymore. But I found that, oh, my goodness, there's this open door to, like, peace and life that's worth living. And I love it, actually, in comparison. I don't miss anything about that lifestyle. I feel like my life is so much more full now. But how did I tune in that spirit? Honestly, it's pretty simple. I increased my exposure to the Bible. I began to read it. I simply opened up the Bible and began to read it. Nowadays, the Bible is right on your phone. You can open up and download Uversion, the app, or you know, go on to the Open Life Church app and link to it there, and you can read the Bible right here. It's unbelievable. Back then, I had to go to a store I'd never shopped in before and kind of ask a question because there was five million types of Bibles, and I felt like a knucklehead and just kind of, you know, they told me to buy one. I bought it and started reading it. I got to tell you, it gave me life. The more I read the Bible, the more I could recognize God's voice when he was speaking to me during the week. I could recognize, like, man, I think Jesus would do that. I think I'm going to do this. And that's just what happens through exposure of the Bible, daily reading. Get a devotional book or, you know, plug into a small group and start talking about the Bible. That's why we're promoting groups is, man, if you could start discussing what's in the content of that together, it'll come alive in your spirit. You'll hear the Holy Spirit wanting to work through you. The other portion, so it's Bible and prayer, right? If you just start sharing your life with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's one way, so it's kind of awkward, honestly, right? I mean, if you've ever had a friend that doesn't talk much and you're always the one that starts the conversation, that's kind of like prayer. But you sense something in your life and you start to discover prayer works in the lives around you, and it begins to make an impact, especially when you start to pray things you read in the Bible prayer like comes alive. Or you pray for somebody that's not doing well. It was beautiful, the celebration of Jaden's mom's life yesterday in Vancouver. And hearing Jaden share about his mom being the person that if she said she was going to pray for you, she wrote it down and it was in her Bible and she was praying for you. It wasn't just a pray for you. And then you ask him next week, hey, what did you pray? About what? Not that you would ask somebody that, but if you did, wouldn't that be awkward? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. They still here? You know, I don't know how that prayer would go, but I I just want to put that out there. It was an incredible challenge of a legacy of someone who just 
they said they had a list of missionaries and they were going to pray for those that were giving up their life to go around the world and share the gospel, she was praying for them. And you feel that if you're the one receiving that prayer. You feel that strength and that power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. You can be the initiator of that. Through Bible and constantly praying, we get in tune to God's kind of voice and lead in our life. I challenge you, those two things alone will transform your hearing the Holy Spirit. So we cannot be controlled by sin and the Holy Spirit at the same time. They're opposing forces, so we got to choose which one we want to follow. You cannot have thoughts of doubt and hate towards someone and then speak life towards them. So it's reality is, man, we got to listen to the Spirit and think like the Spirit thinks and be givers of life to others. It's what we get to do. It's pretty awesome, actually. Our, our thoughts are the steering wheel that guide our actions. If we allow the Holy Spirit to be the source of those thoughts, we'll give our mind to some powerful things. And it's life and peace that are the fruits. It might surprise you, but I daydream about ways of sharing Jesus. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm kind of, that's kind of the world I live in. Obviously, he's a pastor. But uh, I, I really daydream about how to bring Jesus into the reality of the lives of those that are just really far from God or don't know anything about church or maybe they hate the church or Christians for some reason or another. I just, that's my sweet spot. That's my favorite crowd to be present in. That's kind of weird, right? I'm a pastor. I should want to hang out with like Christians and pastors, but I actually really, really, really love loving on people who don't realize they're loved. There's just something that comes alive in me in that moment. So I'm fixated on how I can share the love of God through acts of generosity. I daydream about how I can reestablish communities uh, by the open doors God could only open. It's like, oh, how cool would it be to bring the gospel through like a coffee shop in downtown Buckley in the name of Jesus, right? Stuff like that. Uh, and, and so you'll daydream about those things. It's just, that's a reality. I'll pray about those things. I'll, I'll walk around Buckley and pray over Buckley. I, I, that's, that's kind of what I do for fun. I have thoughts during the, uh, during the day of how amazing it is to serve others. Like, with no ulterior motive, I don't even need, like, a thank you card or a note. Like, it's just fun to give. It's even more fun to give to those that no way, shape, or form can give back. Because the reward's just, like, fully in here. Something comes alive in us when we begin to serve and bless others unconditionally. Um, that's why I'm so quick to take opportunities that pretty much make like our staff nervous around me. Oh, by the way, we're going to remodel a teacher's lounge. What? You know, it's just like, you know how much time that's going to take? You know, um, no, but I said yes. Smile. King. You know. Oh, by the way, we're doing two schools for school supply give. Where are we going to finance that? I have no idea. It's going to be awesome. Generosity. 
you know, and, and then we come to doing it, and we're like, uh, okay, we'll, we'll find the money somewhere, right? No, it says, that's the reality. That's the, the challenge we have. It's like you, you, you get addicted to saying yes and leading others to serve and leading others to say yes. It pumps me up when we go from, you know, honestly, we've done like window washing events and painting over like a basketball court that was graffitied and different projects like that at Liberty Ridge Elementary School, and we've had just two or three volunteers show up, but then we did the school teacher lounge, and we had like 20-some people showed up to serve, like, uh, although those serving were like, that just, like, that was nine days of constant, right? Um, but at the same time, I was going, man, but 20 served this time. That was amazing. That's great growth in servanthood. Those are the things I think about. I, I just need counseling and help. No. I saw last week, I, I, every once in a while it's okay to call people out, right? Bill Boyle last week was exiting the service after helping with teardown. And in his tear-filled eyes, we had just done the water baptism. He's rolling stuff out, and he can't even get the words out of how much God has rewarded him for serving and seeing people baptized because of the part he plays in open life. It was that. Like if I could bottle that up and put it in every heart, that's what the Holy Spirit leads us to do. And when we start to do the things the Holy Spirit provides us opportunities to do, that's like his plan for us, is to use us like that and give us that reward. It's beautiful. It's crazy amazing. And you try to explain that to some other people churches or pastors, like yesterday I was talking to some people who've known me for a while, and you just try to explain what open life does and how we invest our time differently as a mobile church versus a church with a building and all these different things, and, and they kind of just look at you like, now why would you do that? What, why would you buy school supplies for a school? You're going, why wouldn't you? Like, why would you paint a teacher's lounge. Well, why would a principal come into the teacher's lounge to our volunteers and say, could you come and pray over every classroom in our school? Does that happen to you? Do they come into your church and ask you to do that? Your building? No. You got to be there at the school for them to ask you to do that. You know, so, so we just kind of compare philosophy and its reality is they have an amazing thing going. In the church, the design, the way God has birthed them to do church in a building and God has birthed us to do it different for a reason. So we can be in these spaces where there's people who will never walk into a church building, but they need to experience the love of Jesus. And it just might be in the form of a new teacher lounge. And that's the first time they've ever experienced God's love. Not even in a way that says, God loves you. There's nothing like that in the teacher's lounge. It's just a new teacher's lounge. There's no way, shape, or form that. That would be, it would get in trouble. Um, so, you know, just the reality is it's unconditional. But that's what the Holy Spirit stirs in so many of us. That why in the world would spackling or painting just set me on fire in my relationship with God? Only way you can explain that is the Holy Spirit. Because it's just a lot of work otherwise. Well, Romans 9 says this. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even 
Though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Man, there are some things you could repeat in prayer there. They're life-giving. You have been made right with God. When the enemy comes and tries to fill your head with doubt, look in the mirror and say, "No, you know what? Uh-uh. You've been made right with God. And look in the mirror and say, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That same Spirit and power lives in you. You can choose to live by the Spirit, not the sinful nature. You can break free. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. I mean, those are power phrases to overcome the doubt in our life. If we're feeling down, start to quote those. They'll change you. These should be written in our heart. I challenge you this week, read that passage every day. Let it get in you so that when you do doubt, when you're like, when you've made a mistake, when you chose the sinful nature, because we're gonna, when you're just feeling like beating yourself up, you can say, nuh-uh, no. The same powers that work within you that has raised Christ from the dead. Encourage yourself. Realize you've been chosen. You're not any longer obligated to sin. How powerful is that? I mean, there's so much promise here. Stand up. Like, stand up and battle. Because there's power in you that, like, raised a guy from the dead three days after he was crucified. The Son of God. That power's at work within you. You can battle sin with that power. But not on your own strength. But with that power, nothing's impossible. Romans 8.12 continues, Therefore, dear brothers. So here's why all that's there, right? Therefore, this is what it's there for. Dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what sinful nature urges you to do. That's verse 12 again. And then it goes on to say this. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful or makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father, which means Daddy. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So finally, the Holy Spirit's work within us to thought three, remind us we're in God's family. This will be critical for next week's talk to grasp. You need to understand we're part of God's family. In God's family, we're co-heirs with Christ. Like, we're sons of God too. We're daughters of God too. You're never without a father. 
in a world that has father issues. The great news is we have a heavenly father that is so faithful. But that's also one of the greatest challenges for people to grasp because they may not have had the best relationship with a father. So how do you view God if the image of your father is tarnished? Man, the father you've always wanted? Okay, that's God. Somehow you have to find yourself a way through that challenge. We're a part of God's family. God is our father. And we're co-heirs with Christ. This is not a guest guest home. This is not a temporary stay. We've been adopted into the family through Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Like we're now his kids. And when that happens, you know what's cool? You don't evict your kids necessarily, right? Regularly, often. You might let them act like they're going to run away, but they're at the end of the driveway with their suitcase. I don't know if you've ever had a child try to do that. But you're just like, you know, the reality is you're, you're sitting here and you have this opportunity. You're going to mess up, but what exists? An open door to come back in all the time. And then we sang it in worship, and I took a picture real quick to get the, the, the words off the screen, but we were singing these words. Throwing your arms around me, you held me like I was yours. Well, you know why God does that? Because we're his. When we choose to follow Jesus, we're in the family. And we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to choose the sinful nature and not the spirit every time. But he's going to look right in our eyes and say, welcome home. That's powerful. Don't think you've messed up so bad that God can't welcome you back because the door is unlocked. You still know where the key is, and his arms are open wide. In fact, he's going to run to you and embrace you when you get home. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about family. Why do we serve together? Because family serves together. Why do we try to do groups and not just only church on Sunday? Well, because like family spends time together. We eat meals together. We enjoy time together. That's what church is. Church is to be a family. This is just a family gathering. It's not to be a visitation. That's the challenge we look at as God is adopting us. So the Holy Spirit is at work within us to free us from the power of sin, lead us into the life God desires for us, and reminds us that we're in God's family. Pretty simple action point today. Choose to follow the Spirit. Because you'll have that choice. Might mean that you need to start reading the Bible and praying so that you can sense what the Spirit wants you to do in that moment. You're tempted to choose the sinful nature. But choose to follow the Spirit. It's okay if your actions change. And you might wonder, man, is this going to be as fulfilling, choosing the Spirit? Let me guarantee it. It's more fulfilling. It's more fulfilling. I would triple dog dare any experience you've had choosing the sinful nature. I would weigh the the experience that gave you against the experience serving God gives you any time. And I wish you could have just seen Bill's eyes last week to prove it. I mean, that's how powerful it is to choose the spirit. I want to pray for you today. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come through the door of church, a school. We pray your blessings over this school. They're about to begin 
all the staff from around the school district will be here this week to, to be trained and equipped and inspired to teach this year. And I pray that, God, you would come and just give them that nudge of your love that they need to make it through a year of pouring into young people. But God, we gather here for church on Sundays. What a great opportunity. And I pray right now that you would come and you would give us that, that Holy Spirit guidance we read about here in this passage. That God, we would understand the power that we have in your family. The, the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us that raised Christ from the dead. Wow. I pray that you would remind that to us and these promises we read in this text would be alive in us that we're not obligated to sin anymore, that we don't have to allow that to dictate our livelihood. But we're free if we just listen to your voice and follow. Let's serve together. Let's be generous together. Let's get out there and, and do life together and see the power in that and the fulfillment and following the Spirit. I pray for fresh life in all of us as we begin to pursue you. But may we know the doors are always open. And if there's somebody here today and they've yet to choose to follow Jesus and they've yet to experience that fatherly welcome and, and that warm embrace, I pray that they'd make that decision right now. That they would simply just in, in their heart say, Jesus, I choose you today. I choose to follow you. I want to know what it is to be a part of a family like I've heard of today with these promises of life and peace that I'm just not experiencing. God, give them the breakthrough they need by doing life with you. And as we celebrate today, as we have a 10-minute party after the worship team plays and after the, the giving talk on video happens, Lord, I pray that as we eat donuts together in the back and just get to know one another, that it would be that family co-heirs with Christ that we would all choose to follow you and do life together. Thank you for this day and the opportunities it presents. Give us an amazing week ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.